0: Hello, and welcome back to Talkin' Nears. I'm your host, Steven Zanuck.
1: I'm Alex Brodsky.
0: This weekend, RPI was unfortunately swept at home by Yale and Brown. On Friday night, they lost by a score of 5-3 to three to Yale, and on Saturday night, they lost by a score of 3-2 to two to Brown. However, the team bounced back well, and last night they got a huge shutout win at Harvard 2-0. We are d- joined by Coach Smith, as always. Coach, how are you doing this week?
2: Yeah, I'm doing doing well. Uh, good to be back on. It's good to be back on after a win. I'm glad we added that Tuesday game before the podcast today to and, and got a win in there. So, um, the uh, pretty happy about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Us too. I, I know you're probably just dis- pretty disappointed with the weekend, but did that big win last night salvage it in your eyes at all?
2: No, it doesn't salvage it, um, Stephen. It. it you know, there was a great clip, and to use it, another sport guy, and it was um, it, it was I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who it was right it is right now, but um, they were talking about adversity and to be at the bottom. Uh, it was it was Brandon Perlini, defenseman for the Oilers. He goes, "Hey, adversity, embrace it. Find a way. Like when you're losing, remember it, and and get better. And once you do get better, celebrate those good times." and um, the losses against Yale and Brown, absolutely. We think we should win those games and we want to win those games and we prepared as if we we're going to win those games. And it might sound like excuses at times, but. The, the couple weeks leading up to that, you know, we come up, we come back from Christmas. We, we have 3 practices. We played pretty good. We get a win against Vermont a tie at army. Um, and then COVID shut us down. Pretty much for two weeks we get everybody back we get a huge win at st lawrence we get everybody back and and the fundamentals that we've been so good at such as you know how we forecheck and how we how we defend the rush against they, they went away and it was easy to see after we lost it was hard to see in the moment but we knew that we were giving up rush chances so we had the opportunity to get better so it doesn't make us feel any better that we got a win it actually to me it hurts more it's like man you can play that well why weren't we consistent enough but the youth the christmas break covid um we got away and i, I told the guys I'll, I'll take responsibility for that because um i didn't see it coming i didn't see the signs and i thought we were fine in those areas and it we weren't and it cost us uh cost us two games but um, now we have a chance to really drill that home and the success. From Harvard does say, hey, you know, they understand. And now they, the players have to execute it more consistently.
1: Yeah, and, you know, like you were saying before about this, uh, the, the win last night. Um, yeah, we, we sure love it on the podcast. Give us some, uh, extra content specifically positive content to talk about. So that's always great. Um. You know, there's quite a bit to talk about from this past week. But uh, if you had to, you know, write one of these questions, what would be the first thing you would ask? I guess that you would ask yourself.
2: (laughs) What what do you you mean? Say phrase that again.
1: Well, you know, we're always interviewing you and asking you questions about this past week. If if you were if you were Stephen or or me, what what would you ask here?
2: What would I ask myself or ask you guys?
1: Well, <laughs> whatever, whichever.
2: Well, I, I, I would, I would say, um, you know, how's, how's the spirit of our group? I would ask, um, you know, are we continuing to, um, solidify our identity? You know, are, are we, um, doing the things necessary that can help prepare us for, um, for a stretch run and a playoff drive? Um, you know, where do we think we we rank in terms of if everybody plays their best hockey? And, you know, we're di- we're built different than Harvard. We're built different than every other team in the league. Every team is built differently. And, um, you know, is the effort there in the losses, where's the effort there? Yeah, the effort was there. So I got lots of questions, um, but I, I feel good about our group. I feel good about... The camaraderie feel good about their interest in being great. You know, our talent is where our talent is, and you can't become more talented in one day. And we're not more talented beating Harvard 2 nothing than when losing to Yale 5-3. You know, so the c- continuing effort to create a championship team is what we work towards. Well, so those are big, big things.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, um I, you know, how how we played this this past weekend and uh, especially last night. I, I think I, I saw some, um, you know, flashes of, I guess, a championship team. And <laughs> I'm I'm definitely hopeful. Um, it, it was good, good win against Harvard last night.
2: Yeah, we we don't have a game breaker, right? Harvard's mm. got five of them. And yeah. That's okay, right? But but talent um, can a, a team can beat talent. It, it's, it's hard to do, and we can do it, but um, that's that's what RPI hockey is built on right now, and, and um, you know, we want to keep raising the talent, but that, that, that doesn't happen overnight. So, we, we need to play as a team, we need to play all three zones, we need to play start to finish, and that's, we really did that well against Harvard, which was, you know, we, and, and I use the term, played hockey, right to the very end. You know, they had one scoring chance in, in the last three minutes. Um, and and Waddy made a really good save. Um, that was with the goalie out. Um, but we played hockey. We forechecked Mashey, uh, Dubinsky, and and Lee had a shift of 40 seconds in the offensive zone in the last two minutes. We just kept it down there. And that desperate play said, hey, we're, we're playing to win. So I, I thought it was great. A lot of good positives.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great shift. I remember thinking the same when I watched it. Uh, moving sort of backwards to Yale, against yale in your in your post game interview you mentioned that the lack of defensive urgency cost you the game with some kind of lack of days goal plays i guess that that led to goals against what do you think the key is to playing with that urgency for as much of the game as possible it's obviously not possible to you know be like that all 60 minutes but for a good amount of it
2: well it's it's guys understanding that you know what is rush coverage and just because you think you're in position, your job's not done, right? It's personal accountability. It's it's team accountability, and um, you know it's it's the ability to communicate and send messages, verbal, nonverbal, and you know with ice time and and play. And um, th- there was too many opportunities that uh, just a simple breakout, and it happened against Brown as well. A simple breakout, we were in position, and we just didn't defend with the urgency. And the understanding is like, oh, we're okay here. Oh, shoot, we're not okay here. You know, and um, it's an understanding of what we're trying to do, but then an actual set of behaviors that do it.
1: Then uh, I guess contrasting, you know, that that game against Yale with the the win against Harvard, do you think the the team played with more urgency last night? In, in that sense, is that something that was improved between those two games?
2: We had ten scoring chances against off the rush against Yale. We had three. Against Harvard, so that answers the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure. 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 Um, and then kind of to that same point and how we play against different teams. We, we talked about how, you know, no 2 teams are. Um, alike and and how important it is in that sense to just stick to our game and. When we're heading into a weekend, um, but. Was was the way we played against Harvard, um, how we should play against all teams, or at least a good example of how we should play against all teams more or less.
2: Yeah, we, we we when I say we we don't we don't change our game, right? Like, th- there's so many nuances. This is why hockey is such a great sport. I haven't seen the exact same play ever. Right where all 12 people on the ice and officials are doing the exact same thing. There's a lot of trends um, and, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but. What we're looking for is is great team defense, aggressive team defense and and puck possession, right? Now, I don't think the way we played against Harvard is going to win us every game of the year. They might capitalize on some more chances. A goalie might miss one and one might get deflected in. Like there was a lot of good chances. So scoring chances five on five were 12-7 for Harvard, right? They had four on the power play, We had one on the power play and uh, maybe two if you count the goal that the the first goal that went in it was at the end of a power play but um you know we we still have to improve our possession we have to bend and not break and we we have to be really hard to play against and we were we didn't (coughs) excuse me we did not give them you know a lot of second chance opportunities but we made some mistakes that didn't end up in our net and sometimes those do
0: Yep. And also kind of uh, going backwards a bit against Brown, um, you know, those mistakes did end up in the back of your net, but it was a little interesting for me, at least, seeing that against Brown, you went up two to zero, but allowed the next three goals and ended up losing. And playing with the lead has been somewhat of a problem at times this season. You know, it happens every once in a while. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's like consistent. So was it, was it kind of disappointing? I guess to see another lead end up, end up in a loss.
2: Yeah, it just losing is disappointing. Having a lead and losing adds to the disappointment. Um, but giving them a free lane from their end to our end to take a shot on that is even more disappointing, right? And and how we defended off the rush cost us two games this past weekend. Um, and that's goalie, defense, forwards. It's not any any one one uh, position or any one player. We did not defend the rush the way we're capable of. And you give good shooters good time, they're gonna rip it. And Luke Chris came down, got a game winner with you know six minutes or nine minutes left in the game on on Saturday, and you know we made some mistakes off the rush on Friday, so. The, uh, we, we tidied those up and, and got a win. And, again, we could have won or lost the Harvard game under different circumstances. We had some good chances, just didn't go in. But so did Harvard. It's, it's, a, it's a game of inches. Yep,
0: yeah, for sure. We've always said this year how close the margin of victory or, or defeat is definitely always prevalent.
1: Yeah, so with, with those two games, um, how, do, how do you think that the, the team is going to uh, grow positively from the experience? What, what are the positive things that we can take and move forward? Well, we, can,
2: we continue to challenge them to, to grow as a group off the ice right to, to love trust and care for one another the way um, that we talk about and that's behavior. That's not. Just words, so we, we've got to continue that evolution and and not use COVID and and, and masks and restrictions as an excuse. Um, you know, we we have to continue to have positive shared experiences, and even negative shared experiences help us grow off the ice. So yeah, we will do that. We talk about those things. Culture is important. We don't ignore it. Um, on the ice, we, we need guys to bring their best game. In important, you know, uh, and and importance their personal importance to the game. We can't have um, we can't have have important players for us take a night off. And that's important how we practice that's important, you know, the, um, the energy systems that, that they take care of their bodies they take care of their minds and, and that we respect every opponent. We've got 9 league games left in the mayor's cup. So, getting our best every night is going to be really important down the line because we're, we're in 5th place. We're battling. We'd like to get up to 4th. Once you get to 4th, you'd like to get to 3rd and we've let some opportunities slide, but there's opportunities ahead.
0: Yep, absolutely some opportunities ahead and I've got a question about that later that I think you'll like, Um, but. This question that I have now is, uh, about kind of a comparison here. So, Alex, the, the 2 Andrews and I were texting last night about how similar the win last night was to your win at Harvard in 2020 that allowed you to. To to kind of take control of the 4th seed in that last weekend of the regular season. Uh, both were two zero wins with a goal coming in the 2nd period and then an empty netter right at the end to lock it up. Did you notice the simula- similarities between the games too? And, and what were your thoughts? What are, are your thoughts on that observation?
2: Um, we actually talked about it immediately on the bench. Coach Weber brought it. They, <laughs> that was that was very similar. Um, to, to that other game and then upon review. of the film, um, very, I, I often don't leave the announcers comments. Uh, like, I don't leave their commentary on their play by play, but I did, I, I left it on and and they talked about it at the end of the game uh, very much. So, uh, you know, 15 shots in the first period for Harvard, um, you know, a second period power play goal, even though last night was at the end of a power play. Um, you know, so it, it's interesting. That's for sure. I mean, we respect the skill on Harvard and, um we we got great defensive efforts and great goaltending in both those games, so it's fun. It is fun to make that comparison, and I'll take it every night.
1: Yeah, and that's an interesting point too on the uh, goaltending situation. Um, two different goaltenders, but two still stellar nights from from each guy. There, for both yeah. both game.
2: If I'm a goaltender, I want to play at RPI. I want to play for Dave Smith, Chuck Weber, Matthias Lang, because it's it's often predictable shots. I mean, um, Jack Watson. Um, didn't have to get out of his comfort zone. Um, A year or two years ago, Owen Savory, you know, they make the saves that they should, and if you make one or two, and I think both of them did in both those nights, one or two, like, oh oh, we need you, they showed up. That's that's a good recipe.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So kind of speaking on Watson, obviously he had another stellar game in that with a big 39 save shutout. I was also really impressed with the defense though. We've touched on it a bit, but I, I wanted to get a little more specific there. Harvard's a very skilled and fast team that pushes the pace offensively. Keeping them off the scoreboard is no easy feat. But what I noticed specifically was it seemed every Royal road pass that they attempted, and there, there were a lot that they attempted because they're trying to get those, those pretty goals with their speed and skill, uh, but the defensemen were or forwards were in the lane to block the pass or they would tie up their stick and Seemed like pretty much everyone just ended up getting getting cleared out, no problem with the way we were defending those passes. And I also noticed this that uh no goalies gonna go an entire game without giving up some rebounds. But every rebound that Jack gave up was cleared out very quickly by the defense. So what did you think overall about the goaltending and team defense last night? Maybe touch on some of those specific things that I noticed if you noticed the same.
2: Well, defense is a team thing and um, you know if a guy gets beat and it happens hundreds of times where a guy gets beat there needs to be another layer of support and when you build in those layers and you're fundamentally sticks on the ice stick in the lane stick on puck so they, they have to maybe sauce it and bounce it over a stick um, that's scrappy defense and i thought we did a really good job of that the second part if puck does get to the net is you've got to be on the right side you got to be on the defensive side with a box out And you can't give them time to make plays, um, especially rebounds that are easy to happen. So I thought, you know, our commitment to box outs, our commitment to being on the defensive side, especially down low was very good. We also know from the pre-scout that their defensemen are going to challenge the forwards that come at them. And it happened early. They got two really good chances in the first period where we were a little late getting there. We gave them too good a space and they beat us. And in those times, guys came to help and we were scrappy with our sticks and bodies and, and, and uh, you know, we're able to, you know, get rid of the pressure, I guess, if you will. But um, Harvard's, Harvard's talented, Harvard's scary to play against, and it, uh, it exposes areas of individual play, but our team play picked up uh, the support.
0: Yep, and uh, just a little bit of a follow-up there. So, 39 shots against is a lot and would seem to signal a poor defensive game, but I felt like it was misleading because of what we just touched on. Do you ever worry about having a lot of shot totals against like that, even though I'd say the majority weren't really high quality scoring chances?
2: Yeah, I want to have no shots. I'd love to play a game with no shots against, um, you know, not realistic but uh we'd like to get that number down again that's two sides that's how quick do we defend and what do we do when we have the puck so that we don't give up the puck and do we give up any easy opportunities but good teams are going to get shots i mean good teams are going to get have the puck they're going to make plays and they've got a lot of playmakers so harvard's got a lot of guys that can make plays and create space for shots and when it does happen that's when you need your goalie
1: to be ready yeah and uh, I want to just bring this up briefly. We talked about it last week and um, I think I should bring it up again about the the hot hands. Um, just how Jack's been playing recently and doing a, a great job and. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's definitely, uh, you know, improving physically, but also. Getting some mental confidence, which I think is is big for goal. Um, from these last couple of of solid wins for him.
2: Yeah, he's, he's, he's shown the ability to, to make the 1st saves to catch pucks, control rebounds and, um, he's gaining confidence. We're gaining confidence with him and, um. You know, it's, it's, it's the evolution It's the evolution of a goaltender evolution of a, um, of a team with a goaltender. And again, whoever's in net, we saw, we talked about this last week. Miller did fine at Clarkson. Lyndon Marshall's had a good year right now. Um. You know, uh, Jack Watson's playing outstanding, so um, that that's a good problem to have is competition in net.
0: Yeah, definitely, always a good problem to have, especially because I think, in a sense, you know, if both goaltenders are on, then they're going to be pushing each other and competing in practice and in the games to try to get more time in net. Only one goalie can play, so would you agree that it kind of le- lends to that effect when you have two playing well? The competition raises their levels.
2: I, I think the competition is interesting for goaltenders, right? So, yes, they're very aware of who they're competing with. that They're all competing and that they, you know, no days off and, and make sure they're dialed in. But I think when they get in the net, the competition, they're cheering for each other. And that competition brings their focus to a whole new level um, where, oh, my, I, I've got to play well here. You know, and at the same time, they want to know that we believe in them. It's not, oh, one bad goal and they're done, you know? So it, it, it's a delicate balance and, 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 you know, over the years, we've been able to manage that, uh, I think, fairly well. And um, you can see that there's some talent between the pipes and, you know, we, we want to communicate with them and give them their goalie sessions and, and, and let, let their play and focus rise to the top.
0: Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So last question here for this segment, and it's it's one I've uh, been wondering for a bit. So one player I wanted to ask you about is Henri Shrifles. Uh His skill and dynamic offensive abilities are, are very clear watching him. There's just always these subtle skill plays that he can make, whether it's a, a toe drag around a defender to drive to the net or a slight dangle at the blue line to win a puck battle and keep it in the zone. Um, for me, though, I'm wondering, it's it's tough for me to see it when watching why he hasn't really been able to turn those skills into points or production yet this season. So I guess what what's been missing there for him? Because from a scouting standpoint, he's just a such a t- offensively gifted player.
2: Yeah, I think I think for Henri, and much like it is for a lot of younger players, and, and you look at you know freshman scoring, I mean it just very rarely does a freshman come out of junior hockey where they lit it up and, and continue at that pace. It's just not possible. There's different space. There's different um, teams defend better. There's no, uh, not as much difference between the top guys and the bottom guys. So Henri in particular, as with many of our guys, are, are finding where is that space. He's got really strong hands. He's strong on the puck, um, which is a skill that's hard to come by. Um, and, and you often see this is why team older teams win. They're just stronger on the puck. Um, so Henri's just learning where where can he create that space? Where can he have enough space to get his shot up? Where can he you know use his his strength um, to push a guy away to just have enough space to get a stick on a deflection um, and and getting into the harder areas that he has to work differently for. So, um, it's coming with him. and and I think I thought early in the year, it, you didn't see much of it. And now, you know he's he's played more recently. He's had to watch a lot of video, um, and that's where you can learn, say, "Oh, I had more space. I had more time than I thought here. Um, he has a puck that he has a stick that uh, um, has a heavy puck come off it. um he he has a knack for scoring. We see it in practice. We think it's coming. Be nice if, we, if, if it happened yesterday, um, and the day before, and the day before. But um, this is the evolution of a of a guy who cares about his game, who believes in his game, and uh, you know we've got to we've got to find a way to to get some of those results. But we do think that it's 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 coming.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's coming too, and I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to grow too because it's it's all there, just kind of waiting to break out. Uh, so I guess the follow-up question here is how do you weigh those tools that he has versus the production? This isn't just him, I guess, but with all sort of young players that maybe take a little bit longer to adjust. Uh, when you're deciding who you're putting in the lineup, how do you sort of weigh those two things?
2: Well, I have this conversation a lot with the young guys. is us just try and keep it simple. Like, okay, are you a negative influence on our team in, in execution of the game plan um, defensively and Offensively, that doesn't mean, are you just scoring goals? Are you playing a possession game when we have the puck? And are you playing the way we want defensively? So we evaluate Are you negative neutral or positive? And no one is positive all the time. Right and no one should be negative all the time. So can you have. Your standard your your average be neutral and then make a few positive positives. Right, you do that 3 times again, you have neutral all the time and 3 positives. Okay, you're probably going to get a few points and then you look at a few points on the scoreboard. You look at a guy like tour Linden, who doesn't have many negatives. Is neutral and probably has 7 or 8 positives. That guy's leading our team in scoring. He's got 12 goals. I think 11 or 12 goals. Um, so that's the evolution for the young guys that you not every opportunity is there. To be a positive, sometimes you just got to go, okay, nothing there. I'm going to be neutral. And sometimes you can turn a negative into a neutral that that it's a net positive, right? Sometimes you turn a neutral into a positive. Obviously that's a positive. So when we have those conversations with the guys, it's about how they defend and about how we possess the puck and create offense. Um, so, you know, I think all of our guys have gone, especially the young guys have gone from negative to neutral. And then you see a guy like John Beaton who started off at neutral, and he's adding those bits of positive, and he doesn't have many negatives. So that's what we talk about with them, and and hopefully they understand and comprehend, you know, deeply what we're talking about. So you know, video and everything can help them keep improving, which helps our team.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I think a lot of the young guys have that sort of game breaking potential. Uh, I know, I know, like they all sort of had different skill sets, but they all Have game breaking potential in their own ways Uh, that'll that'll wrap it up for this 1st segment here. And next we're going to be bringing on Lily Fries Hansen from the women's hockey team. We were able to catch her right before she's leaving for the Olympics in Beijing to play for team Denmark and we're really excited to have her on. I'm really excited to have her on for sure.
1: We now welcome forward for the Denmark women's national hockey team, Lily Fries Hansen. How are you doing?
3: I'm good. I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm good. <laughs> um, we'll we'll talk about the uh, Denmark national team a, a bit later, but uh, let's first talk about RPI. Uh, how have you enjoyed the season so far?
3: Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, I I think it's just been great being back. To any season, I mean, we obviously all had a season off there, so. We were all hungry to play, and i was just very happy to be back playing.
1: Yeah, what did what yes. did you uh? Sorry, what did you do during your uh your year off?
3: Um, I was uh I spent most of the time in Denmark. I was playing for uh, a Swedish club team, but the season there ended up getting canceled as well. Uh, shortly after I joined the team, so it was just a lot of practice, uh, not too many games. But obviously, I I had a few games with the national team and and we had a lot of camp with the national team um so so i got to play a little
1: good 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 to stay on stay on the ice and uh you know stay warm
3: yeah
0: how do you think the the season's gone for the team compared to your expectation coming into the season with a lot of unknowns after not playing last year
3: yeah i think we we understand that if we play our game um we can beat any team in our league but also if we if we don't play We don't follow the game plan and play rpi hockey i mean any team can beat us so um so i think i mean not too many expectations i just uh wanted to be back playing and i i think we've taken some huge steps throughout the season and we continue to improve every single day so so it's just been fun being back
0: yeah it's been fun being able to watch the team back too you know i know it was only a brief period but it was it was pretty awesome when the Team had a couple of those upset wins over uh Bu and Providence, and then was receiving votes in the national poll shows that uh you know already coming a long way in a short time, and I'm sure that'll become more consistent in the future,
3: yeah, and I was extremely proud to see they beat Clarkson uh this past weekend, which yep. was a huge upset win and I mean one of the first the first win against Clarkson in many years, I know, so I was sad not to be there, but that was awesome to see.
0: Yep, that was a pretty good OT winner too. That looked like a nice goal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh so what are some of the goals for the team as they get into the last month of the regular season?
3: I mean, we still have our set on um on making the uh our eye set on making the playoffs. And I think it's just about going into every game, like trying to get points. I mean, going into every game believing that that we can win. Um and Yeah, I mean, trying to, trying to, trying to get some wins in the final stretch here.
0: Yeah, definitely hope they can make it right now. I think they're only about 3 points behind. So. I think about about like, a you know, you can get, you can get a win. 1 extra win over, I think, Cornell, you're fighting with for the 8th spot. You know, then you can slide in there. So definitely some important games coming up. Was it tough to leave the team in this, like, stretch run? Uh, trying to make the playoffs.
3: Definitely. I mean, I wish I could be 2 places at once. Um, it's the most exciting time of the season and the best time of the season. Um, and also mayor's cup coming up. I mean, I wish I could be there. That's always special. But, I mean, I guess this final run of the season is also about staying healthy, um. With COVID and, and injuries and everything. So, so, yeah, no, I was, I was sad to leave the team, but, but I'm happy to cheer them on from a distance.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm looking forward to the Mayor's Cup Saturday too. But it should be a should be a good one. What was your recruiting process like since you came you came to RPI straight from Denmark? So, I'm assuming they came over to watch you there, but but what was that whole process like and and why did you choose RPI?
3: Um, well, when I decided that it was it was a goal of mine to play college hockey, I kind of just started to reach out Ah, uh, to different schools and and coaches. um, I went to a, a college showcase camp in Sweden. um and talked to a couple of coaches there but but, I mean, it was hard to be seen. Ah, uh, we don't have scouts come to Denmark, and no uh, none of the RPI coaches came to Denmark either. and i I actually didn't have a chance to come visit either. so it was um it was a lot of video, a lot of phone calls and and when I got the chance to come to RPI, I mean, I just jumped at it. Um, great academics and great hockey combined it was it was my dream so i jumped at the chance
0: was was it a tough transition coming here from denmark
3: uh it definitely was a transition um my mom's american so i think i had it a little bit easier i have some family in the states um just easier to be on the same time zone as as some family at least but it wasn't too bad all my teammates were were nice, to, nice enough to, uh. To help me out with, uh, made a couple of more mistakes, um, with language my 1st year, but, uh, you got made fun of a couple of times and then you learn. So <laughs> not too bad.
0: That wasn't too bad. Yeah.
1: Um, looking back over your time at RPI, what, what would you say has been your favorite memory?
3: Um, I guess some of my favorite memories in terms of games would be um freshman year of uh, beating Cornell uh, in the first round of playoffs to take them take it to game three and I think mayor's cup freshman year is a good memory of mine um obviously we we beat union to win the mayor's cup and then I don't know how this happened but I ended up sitting with the cup from times union back to um the field house Houston field house so that was a good memory um, yeah, I've had a couple of good good game memories at RPI.
1: Yeah, the, the Mayor's Cup is, is usually a staple memory playing at RPI. It's uh, unfortunate, though, that you'll be missing it this year. Um, as a senior, what are you uh, hoping to pass on to some of the younger players?
3: Um, uh, I mean, I guess I just want to Leave the team um, in a better way than than I got there i don't know. I mean just pass on a good culture of of working hard and just trying to do the right things every day and improve on the ice and off the ice and and just grow as human beings and hockey players
1: nice now uh, what's in
0: the what's in the like works for next year is a uh, you can try and keep playing hockey, stay at RPI, something else.
3: I've been thinking about a fifth year. It's uh it's still up in the works. It's not um I might come back, I might not, but I, I definitely want to keep playing hockey. Um, maybe I'll come back to Denmark and play hockey. A lot of girls, Danish girls play in the Swedish league. Um, so that could be an option, but not sure about next year yet.
1: So now moving into uh the Olympics a bit. Um my first question is what to you, what does it mean to to be an Olympian?
3: Oh, it's unreal. I mean, technically not an Olympian yet, but um in a couple of weeks to be able to say that, that's gonna be amazing. I mean it's it's always special to play on the national team and to now be with Team Denmark going to the Olympics is just it's crazy and just a dream come true in every sense. So it's gonna be. I hope it's gonna be an amazing experience.
1: Was uh, going to the Olympics something that you, you know, had in your mind, something that you dreamed of when when you were young, or um, you know, slowly as you developed as a hockey player, that you kind of thought about more and more.
3: I mean, I think I always. I just grew up watching the Olympics, uh, the Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics. So I just always. I mean, even before hockey was. Was, my, was one of my like commitments. I, I always just thought it was so cool. And I think the older I got, um, the more I started dreaming about going to the Olympics with Team Denmark. We Eight years ago, uh, they were one game away from making the Olympics and then ended up losing that final game. And I went to the Olympic qualification with Team Denmark four years ago, uh, which was one of my first like major tournaments with the national team. And we ended up losing every game there and weren't even close to qualifying, but I think definitely the dream grew, but also as a, as a kid, I always saw it as like kind of unrealistic. I mean, it was like a a dream. That was just so far away. But, um, but yeah, no, we went to the qualification. We all believed it could happen and. And it did so it's great.
1: What are uh, some of your personal goals that you're hoping to achieve at the Olympics?
3: I mean, for I think we're all going into it, like focusing on the team first, and I think the team goal is we we wanna try to make the quarter final um personally i mean i wanna i wanna play, i wanna get playing time, i wanna uh, contribute to the success of the team, but definitely team focused and team first going into this tournament,
0: sure, yeah, definitely so before the season you had the opportunity to play for denmark at the world championships and for the olympic qualifiers like you mentioned what were those experiences like
3: going to the world championships was our first time playing at at the top level it was our first time playing in the top division and and it was just it was so much fun finally playing at that level um it didn't go our way uh Results wise, but I think we did learn a lot from that tournament and it was also kind of a springboard to kind of making some. Internal changes on the team that I think were contributed to this, our success later on in November at the, at the Olympic qualifications. So it was, it was definitely a great experience and, and we have worlds coming up in August and on home ice in Denmark. So that's going to be very special and it's going to be very fun.
0: Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that'll be awesome. What was the feeling like for the team when when he clinched the qualification for the Olympics?
3: It was just excitement, just ecstatic disbelief. It was it was crazy. Um we just had to tie Germany in that last game uh, to to get that qualifying spot and we were down to nothing. So um so we were a little bit, I don't know, there's it was we were quiet for a while on the bench there and then we got the goal for 2-1 um, right before the end of the second period and then going into the third period we just needed one goal and um and we got it and those final like 30 seconds every girl in our team out there were just throwing themselves and i mean just throwing blocking shots and it was crazy and then when the buzzer went it was just happiness i mean everyone's just hugging and crying and then we had no overtime to play and penalty shots and Ended up losing that because I don't think people were very uh, focused on on the end result there, but no, it was was crazy. It was amazing.
1: So, um, there's obviously a a lot of great things about the Olympics, but um, if you had to choose 1 thing that you're most looking forward to, what would it be?
3: I mean, I'm looking forward to the opening ceremony. Uh, We're still unsure if we're going to be allowed to um, to attend because we have a game on the following day, but we're definitely pushing to. To get to go to the opening ceremony, um, and I'm just looking forward to, I mean. Non hockey wise walking around in the Olympic village and just seeing everything and all the other athletes and just trying to take it all in. And then I'm looking forward to play play games.
1: Of course, are there any uh, other athletes that you're really looking forward to. Seeing or or meeting or anything like that.
3: Um, I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to be with, uh, with like distance and, and COVID uh, rules. But, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, uh, I mean, the other women's hockey players, um, the US, Canada, Finland, those teams. And then we have some Danish, other Danish athletes going in, in different disciplines like speed skating and curling and biathlon and a couple of different things. So it's gonna be cool to see other Danes compete as well.
1: So um you've played with the the Denmark national team uh, um at the same time as when you've been playing at RPI. Um what has it been like to pretty much be on two teams at once?
3: Yeah, no, it's been a lot of travel uh and and a lot of adjustment, but uh but no, it's awesome. I mean, I'm just so happy I have the the chance to um to go and play for both teams. Uh, i think school wise it's it's been a challenge keeping up with school but but it's been it's been okay it's been pretty good and all my professors have been very accommodating and and helpful um and yeah no it's 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 always fun to come back to r p i and it's nice to come home when i'm when I've been away so it's good
1: do you think the uh all all that travel has been something that you've gotten used to or still not so much?
3: I'm def- definitely more used to it now than I was a couple of years ago. Um, It's been a lot of travel this past year and and back and forth over the Atlantic and now to Beijing and then I have to fly back to Denmark before flying back to RPI. So It's going to be a lot of miles yeah, across the yeah. world.
0: Yeah, definitely worth it though. Definitely. Um, so I I was able to watch one of your international games when you and Denmark faced your teammate Magdalena Erbinova. I hope I pronounced her name right. And the Czech Republic. I think you were playing on the third line that game. Do you do you know what line or or role you're expecting to fill for Denmark?
3: Um, I think it's going to be that same third line. We have a couple of girls, uh, as I mentioned, still out with COVID. Um, trying to get ready to come. But um but yeah, no, I've I've been in a lot of different roles on this team and, and I think my coach always tells me that he loves that I can I can kinda go into any line on this team and kind of fill the role they want. Uh but but right now I'm I'm on a third line with the same girls I played the last game with at the Olympic qualification and it went very well. And um and we're all three like centers at heart and playing centers on our club teams, so but I'm happy I got the chance to play Wang now and <laughs> and try to, try to forecheck a little bit more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure all three of you being centers helps with the chemistry and, and the way that you think the game, right?
3: Yeah, and the way we can kind of fill each other's spots. Um, it's more like fluid, you can interchangeable, um, go wherever and just read off, off of each other. So it's a lot of fun playing with them.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah, awesome. I think that uh I think that wraps it up for us here. Do you know, I guess one last final question is do you know how we can watch the games?
3: <laughs> um I'm not sh- I mean they'll be on the Olympic channel. I think there's an Olympic like, broadcasting channel. I know all of where it's getting shown in Denmark, but I'm not I'm not 100% sure internationally, but I'm sure it's going to it's going to be lots of places.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll try to find it one way or another, and we'll we'll be supporting you as as much as we can from here.
3: Awesome! Thank you very much. Appreciate
0: yeah, we'll make sure to share it around too. Well, uh, so uh, you know, good luck at the Olympics. Of course, it's a once in a lifetime experience, so I'm sure you'll enjoy everything it has to offer, and and hopefully it won't be your last time. You know, hopefully you can go again in the future with with Denmark.
3: Yeah. Thank you very
1: much.
0: We now welcome back Coach Smith. Coach, this weekend is the Mayor's Cup, of course. What's the vibe like in the locker room now, knowing that you have this huge game coming up against our rival?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit interesting because of the Tuesday game. And, you know, we're very careful. We don't, you know, do the backwards alphabet where you're counting B before A. So um haven't seen the guys yet. Uh, we'll see them later this afternoon. Um, but I know that... The mayor's cup is on their mind. We did a press conference last week coaches and and legislative officials and, and whatnot. But um, starting today, the focus absolutely is uh, for us is on is on union and the mayor's cup and the trophy, which will you don't know, get uh place in the middle of the room as a reminder. How nice it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely need to keep that trophy here. <laughs> That's the goal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um and actually going back to uh last mayor's cup in 1920 where we tied 1-1 i think it ended you know kind of awkwardly with no one scoring in the first overtime and then no one scoring in the shutout. um do you think some of the the guys who were there are still thinking about that game uh no
2: i don't think they're thinking about the game as much as they're thinking about we did win in the shootout and how you know we all have different experiences like I don't want to get too philosophical or, or deep on this, but the 3 of us are on this podcast right now. And and there's certain segments of certain moments. That we remember about it, and it's all different for all 3 of us. And at the end of the day, it, it, it has different weight and different significance for each of us. Some guys might remember that mayor's cup and singing the song. Right, that was a turning point um in that season and and the trophy and some guys might remember that that they didn't they didn't know how to celebrate like do we do a team picture do we skate around with the cup like those are things that that were new for that group so everybody that experienced it has a different memory but when you win you 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 carry those feelings just a little bit further a little bit stronger a little bit deeper and you want to re reestablish those so um, I want our guys to 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 dig deep into the feelings of the song, of the trophy, of the on ice, of the family, and then you add the emotional energy of, of, of a crowd there, um, which is which is going to be exciting. And um, those are things that we talk about, and we want to replicate um, and and ask them, hey, what do they remember?
1: Yeah, I think it shows to about what what I remember. Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, ended in a tie like that. Just how I remembered it, I guess a bit different than everyone else. But, um. Yeah, I, I think I think for a lot of the guys, I know it'll be a, a positive and. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. We don't need to get too philosophical about it here on this hockey podcast. So. Maybe we'll start up our, our own podcast and talk uh, philosophy there. Well, we'll
2: get get Dr. Susan Smith, my wife, who's a philosophy professor. But um, if I remember correctly, and I think Stephen's got a great memory, Todd Burgess scored the winner um, in the shootout. You know, I think he was the third shooter. I think he only went three shooters, maybe four, but I I think three. And um, even it might have ended on a save um, as well. But
0: yeah, I I, I do have a good memory. I think it went... uh... I think it went Babichuk first, who didn't <laughs> score, then Polino scored, then Burgess scored, and Union didn't score any. So the last save that, that save made was what won it after a, a few rounds, because then it was mathematically impossible or or however <laughs> they decide
1: it. <laughs> uh, there you go. Steven's on it as always.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would hope I remember I have, I have the, I know, People listening can't see my background, but on on this Webex call, I've got the picture of the team holding the mayor's cup as my Webex background. So, so I think I kind of have to remember it if if I've got that on there. Love it. So, so talking about union specifically, I think they're going to be pretty challenging since December. They're about 500 and they've definitely improved a lot since your sweep in October. They'll have the motivation for the mayor's cup and the revenge factor for even more motivation. With their improved play and lots on the line, this game, what challenges do you expect to face against Union?
2: Union is a team that that hangs around because they defend very hard, they play very hard, they've been very good on the power play. Um, They're very well coached, and you know, in games like this, you know you're going to get their best game, but they always compete. They always are fundamentally um, sound. They they um, you know they gave up a, a crooked number. You know, recently, but um, they're, they're, a very, they're a good team. They're a very good team.
0: Yep. And, uh, you know, every team's been improving a lot and I think it's definitely been the case. From Union, from what I've seen, uh, kind of moving in a different direction here, though. Do you think the younger guys who haven't experienced the mayor's cup yet have a good understanding of the importance of the game? Even though they can't fully understand until they experience it, but just that basic understanding.
2: Um, I think they've got the basic understanding and they've never been in the building unless they went down for lacrosse or something different, but COVID has probably made that uh, a small likelihood, but, um, you know, they'll get down there. They'll, they'll see the building. It's an afternoon game and, um, you know, they know the intensity of, of the union rivalry, different venue, different stakes on the line. And um, hopefully they, the young guys hear from the older guys and they understand that, Hey, we're, we're into the end of January here. And not only does every game matter, um, the mayor's cup matters and, you know, our, our good play and our good mindset need to prepare us for that and. And help us be ready.
1: Yeah, And, um, I think that's a, a, a great thing and 1 of the. You know, just hockey traditions in general and I, I love that aspect of the game too, passing on traditions and history from from years to years and. I guess we got two kind of uh, classes, you know, the freshmores. Neither of them have really experienced the mayor's cup, um, so so it's definitely a big tradition, and it's, it's nice to keep it going year to year.
2: Yeah, I love the tradition and love that it's you know a, a showcase event in in the capital region, and it, it gets the the politicians behind, it gets lots of press, and you know we like that.
1: Yeah, uh, moving on to uh, Dartmouth now. Um, Last week, we talked about how the condensed schedule would affect us. Um, but this, this game against the, the big green will be their 4th in 1 week. in a in a 1 week period, um, so, so do you think you take that into account when you're doing your pre scout?
2: Uh, no, no different than than in terms of. You know, we want to, we want to pressure them. We want to make sure we make it difficult for for their defensemen make them go. All the way back don't don't let the ice be short, make them you know try and fatigue them and you know they've had some, they've had some real good games, real good wins, but let's not let them uh, let's not let it be an easy game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and Dartmouth probably won't make it an easy game for us either. They've earned a reputation from what I've seen for being one of the hardest working teams around that makes you earn everything you get on the ice. Would you agree with that assessment from what you've seen?
2: Yeah, I mean, they. Um, I really like what Coach Cashman's done. Who in year two, but his first year of playing, and you know they're they're competing very hard in all three zones. And um, you know, it, it. I think it's the same story when you're a team in transition, trying to build, trying to get into that top four consistently. Is that, hey, we need to outwork teams um, just to have a chance. And um, I know Dartmouth feels that way. We have felt that way at times, even this year, as you know, we recover from the COVID year off and whatnot so it's uh every game when you're building is an opportunity to get closer to your goal closer to your goal of moving up in the standings or staying up in the standings or doing anything along those lines that 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 just give you some momentum builders
1: yep yeah so so going on that dartmouth has um you know played a, a really tough game against um basically every good team in the the ecac you know they, they've beaten both um st lawrence and coldgate and they tied Clarkson on Friday. They also had very close losses to Cornell and Knipiak. Um, Does the, the need for ECAC points, along with Dartmouth's ability to challenge great teams, make you think that the urgency, um, our urgency, will will be there for the players through the game?
2: That's what we're working on, Alex. I mean, that's the that's the game plan that uh, you know I think we're we've we've you know lack some defensive urgency on games that we think we should win. And, you know, then you play Quinnipiac at home and you limit them to 19 shots and you lose two, nothing with an empty netter. So it's, when you can have that urgency in the locker room and the guys understand that, Hey, this is Dartmouth. They're below us in the standings, but they're, they're very good. Um, And you bring your a game, then you got a hell of a hockey game every time. I mean, there's very few of the games like what we had at Cornell on the wrong end, eleven three very few of those you know uh, uh a three one win a two nothing win a four two win those are the norm in our league, so be prepared for those, and if you're fortunate enough to to get enough of a cushion, that's great, but let's find a way to grind out that win three two four two three one, whatever it might be, and you got to be on your game to have those
1: do you think in um you said enough of a cushion um you think that depends on the team, or do you have what? What, what does that mean? A, a good cushion. Uh,
2: a good cushion is is a is a three goal lead with two minutes left. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. A, a good cushion is more than that, but uh, more often than not, which is why we practice it. Like we, we got to be good with the goalie out, right? Both mm-hmm. ends. Like sometimes, I mean, we we hit a post against Brown uh, with our goalie pulled. We did everything right, and we were literally half an inch away from tying that game. Um so you know Brown feels pretty good because they executed and the post was on their side. So a cushion is where you know y- you cruise into the victory. Those are few and far between.
0: Yeah. Yep, for sure. So c- kind of speaking on the need for ECAC points, uh I've crunched the numbers with a with a friend of mine and we figured out the team needs to go 7 and 2 in the nine remaining ECAC games to be comfortably getting top four spot? I figured I should probably let you know that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The, um, you know, when you play teams is important. I know we have Harvard on our last night of the year. Right now, Harvard's the team right ahead of us. If we win the games that we think we should, seven and two sounds very doable, right? But other teams have a say in that. So it's a grind. Um, I'm really happy that we're in 5th place. I wish that we were, you know, took, maybe took care of a little more business, uh, our, what we believe and we were in 2nd or 3rd right now. Um, or even 1st, but. We are what we are up to this date and it's our job to create what we think we can be moving forward and and that's the, that's the intent for everybody.
0: Yep. So, h- how do you kind of go about handling the fact that you don't really have much margin for uh with those remaining nine games to get into the top four you know it's pretty easy to to you know lose one here or there and and then you you don't get top four if you if you lose too many of those
2: well as i said when you play a team it's not who you're playing sometimes when you're playing are they coming out of COVID? are they do they have injuries Are is their power play hot is their goaltender hot Um, did they have exams on their campus are they on spring break or do they have good chemistry um he said i think we're three points behind harvard um right now is is harvard gonna you know they're gonna lose two guys to the olympics how is that going to change their team and so i get the seven and two but um we've got to go step by step and be prepared you can't go seven and two this weekend right this is a non-conference weekend where we're looking to go one and oh and i love you know, I know RPI football preaches at us go 1 and 0 every week, but we, we've got to go 1 and 0 every time we have a chance to go 1 and 0 and if we do those things and we end up in 6th place, 8th place or 3rd place. We have to hope that the preparation of the season allows us to win a playoff series and then allows us to win another playoff series. So, um. What's happened has happened. Let's learn from it and let's, let's try and go 9 and 0 down the stretch. Let's go 8 and 1, 7 and 2, whatever we're capable of is what we'll do. And, um, you know, let's, that's, that's win the mayor's cup this weekend and then take care of Dartmouth and then take care of. But that sounds like, oh, just take care of it. Take care of business. That's like, saying, Well, I'm going to drive to work today. Right? <laughs> Driving to work was pretty easy. There's no accidents. There's no weather and the, the probability of that. There's not many challenges. I, I got here safely. Right, but uh, it's different when you've got 21. Team 21 guys prepared as a team, with well coached, and a lot on the line. Sometimes it comes down to just a little bit of execution, and that's what we're working to get on the right side of that.
0: Yep, for sure, and I think it's definitely important. You know, just take it one game at a time, and, and give your best to each game, and, and then hope the results follow. And if you know, if the team is playing at their at their like uh, what's the word I'm looking for ceiling uh, each game and, and playing their best. You know, usually the results will will fall your way. So,
2: In recent memory, like in the 2019-2020 season, if you remember, we needed Harvard to lose a game, and they did. Otherwise, it didn't matter that we went 4-0 down the stretch. We needed them to lose one of those games, and they did, and we needed these other things to happen, right? And, and every year is a different story, and up and down the lineup, it's up and down the standings, it's like that. So lots of fun, that's for sure.
0: Yep, absolutely. So that'll, that'll wrap it up for us here today. Uh, Thank you for your time as always coach. we're, We're looking forward to the mayor's cup this weekend. I got my ticket this morning and, you know, we're hoping to keep that cup in Troy. Just a quick shout out for any students listening. The, the union is giving out free tickets to students. They have 200 of them, although they may have given out some of them today. I don't know how many they gave out exactly. So, make sure you get them when you can, they're being given out in the union administration office on the 3rd floor. And you can get 2 free tickets per ID. So, make sure you get those they're going from 830 to 5 PM today and Thursday and Friday they stop at 12 PM. Instead, so make sure you get those to get the free tickets. Otherwise, you'll have to pay, I think, 15 dollars or so. So, and RPI uh, is also going to be having shuttles from the Union provided by Red Army. They'll be leaving from the Union Horseshoe and going to the MVP arena now. I was gonna say Times Union Center, but they changed <laughs> the name. <laughs> so they'll be shuttling to there and coming back after the games are, are gone. And you can look on Red Army social media for a sign up form for the buses. Uh, so yeah, that'll wrap it up for here, for us here today. Thanks coach.
2: Thanks guys.